the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us this Saturday, and for the Saturdays that will be following, K-12 education is the playing field. As the 16th President Abraham Lincoln succinctly stated, he said, quote, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I want to turn to my co-host, Rebecca Hagstrom, who many years ago saw the need for a great education. Rebecca it's always great to have you on the program. Good it's to talk to you. It's always great to be together. It's great to have this new format. I know. We're very excited about our new show. Yes, we and, are. Uh, the new relaunch of our wonderful show about education. And uh, I know that our listeners are going to be excited to hear more from us yes. um, through social media. And um, well, we're going to be adding some resources on our website. So there's going to be a big redo here. And it's going to be much more easy for our listen listeners to be able to um, get engaged yes. and read up on topics and get involved. Absolutely. And we'll give all of that information for our listeners at the end of the program today as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and start here this uh, this evening. Explain for our listeners what prompted you to become interested and involved in making a difference in the realm of education. Yeah. Well, and this really dates back about 20 years ago. Um, we have four sons ourselves, my husband and I, and we started out in the public schools and thought, you know, as as uh, Minnesotans, we have some of the best schools in the nation, so why wouldn't we send our kids to public school? Mm-hmm. And uh, education was always a value in my family growing up. My parents believed that one of the best gifts they could give us as children was an excellent education. And uh, so this was kind of bred in me. And uh, so then when my son went off to school in a public school setting in a great district in Minnesota, um, after a few years, we realized he just wasn't being challenged and it became really frustrating to us. Mm-hmm. And in, with my background in speech pathology, I had a lot of background in child development and um, in learning and education. And so I recognized that the fact that he was bored was not a good thing sure. and um, that ultimately he would not achieve as much as a result. Yeah, I just want to play on that for just a second. Yeah. You said he, he was bored. I mean, what are some of the things that parents can be looking for as just some signs of uh, really a lack of engagement of their kids in their in the schools yeah, that they're in. Yeah. Well, in his case, he was literally asking for homework. He was he was a sure. second grader saying, 
I, you know, I don't, I don't have any homework. I mean, don't I get to have homework, mom? And, um, so that's one thing. If they're asking for more, that's sure. a really, really direct way to know. Um, but then also in his case, he was really just naturally bright at math. And this was something that we would talk to his teacher about and say, are there things that he can do outside of math or outside of the regular content for him to be able to advance. Mm -hmm. And the teacher just wasn't willing to go outside of what he was teaching the rest of the class. And we talked to the principal and they weren't willing to do anything either. Um, And I can tell you in our son's case, we went to conferences in the fall and they said, the teacher said, well, you know, he's a pretty bright boy and um, he pretty much has met all of his goals for second grade. Mm -hmm. And this was in November. And so that's a good sign, too, if your teachers are saying that your children have have already met goals by November. um, Obviously, our natural next question was, well, how are you going to challenge him then? And then the response that we got was very weak. And that was our first really strong indicator that we had a problem. Yes. So long story short, we ended up um, trying a little bit, you know, for the next couple of years on our own to do extra work at home with him. And at first he was all for that. But then you know, as they get older, then the laziness started to set in in third grade. And that's when he didn't really want to do extra work at home. Mm-hmm. So long story short, we ended up going to a private um, uh, secular school that was well known for college preparatory academics. And there he was challenged. And we were there for about nine years and loved it in many respects. We loved the families. We loved the staff. Um, the content of the education was definitely um, uh uh, structured to be rigorous, and that was good for our kids. Uh, but there, we realized over the course of time that uh, because the, it was a secular school, the um, values just weren't matching up with what we were trying to teach our kids at home. So then we ended up thinking, well, maybe we need to check out some Christian schools. So we did check out some Christian schools. And there we noticed that the academics were just not nearly as strong as what we had grown accustomed to in this private secular school. And that frustrated us because as Christian parents, we thought we should be putting out some of the best educated kids in the nation. Sure, That's how they earn the right to really have a voice in our culture. And um, so we we ended up staying at that private secular school and then in a, about a year or two later fell upon classical Christian education through an ad um, for Schaefer Academy in Rochester, Minnesota. And I was just so excited about what I was reading in this ad. I thought, this is exactly what we've been looking for, both the high academic, their integrating Christian worldview without being sheltering. I could tell it wasn't just right. sheltering because that was another concern we yes. had about Christian schools. And so... Um, when we contact her, when I contacted that school, they said, well, you know, this school was founded by six families and you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And so that prompted me to then say to a group of ladies that I was meeting with, um, hosting in my home for a Bible study, I said, you know what? I think God wants us to start a school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that began that began a series of meetings and a gathering of like minds. That was 1999. And then we ended up actually opening Liberty Classical Academy yes. in 2003. Absolutely. And we firmly believe that education is the playing field. You talked about that in the in- introduction. Mm-hmm. And That was true 20 years ago. We could see the trajectory of education and that it wasn't going in a good path Mm -hmm. um, or good good, good direction. But today, that trajectory is even more um, apparent. And I think finally, uh, Americans are starting to wake up to see what's happening in the K-12 schools and what's happening and how that's really affecting 
the future of our country. And that, and that leads me into our, uh, our next area of discussion. Yeah, in fact, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what are you seeing emerging in education locally and nationally that gave you this sense of urgency to create a platform in drawing attention to the issues in American education? Yeah. So it was about five years ago that we launched Education Nation, and I'll talk about the history in a moment. But at that time, the big topic of conversation that was really starting to be an issue was Common Core. Right. Common Core state standards had been um, encouraged by the Obama administration, and they had been implemented, um, they had been voted upon mostly in about 2010, but they weren't really ready to be implemented until about 2012, or I think it was in 14 in Minnesota. And in Minnesota, they only absorbed, or they only um, accepted the English language standards, right. um, but English language arts standards, I should say. They did not vote to accept the um, Common Core math standards, however, because all the curriculum nationally became um, adjusted for the testing that went with this Common Core state set of standards, most of the Minnesota public schools ended up by default accepting Common Core math as well over the course of the next couple of years, just simply so that their kids would be prepared for the tests that they expected that their, their students would have to take. So Common Core was a big, big issue because of the way they taught math. Math was not being taught in a standard format. And so it was very confusing. And, and actually, this is still happening today mm-hmm. in our schools. Um, it's it's very confusing for kids, and then often they think they're bad at math, and then we would get them in at Liberty, and right. we would get them onto a standard math program, and they would start to thrive. Right. And so this started to bother me. You know, I thought this is not right. Kids kids need to be taught math correctly. So there was that. There was also the big emphasis on education or technology and education, and I could see the damaging effect that that was also having on um, learning, actually. And that, again, today is is even a bigger issue now with COVID. So I felt this need um, to And if I could just have, interject this yeah. as well, too, there's also or had been a de-emphasis that was starting with the ACT and the SAT tests as well, too. So then that kind of leads you to believe, well, with this uh, new way of trying to present math, what exactly are the students being prepared for in exactly. terms of testing? Exactly. You're right. You're right. At that time, they were pushing two national tests, and they were hoping that those tests would, I think, honestly replace the SAT and the ACT. And a lot happened. Um, the person who helped, who was the main architect of the Common Core State Standards, actually moved over to run the college board who puts out the SAT test, and he completely redid the SAT test and actually aligned it with Common Core State Standards, um, changing the test significantly mm. and really undermining the, the, the test. Sure. And there was a lot of hullabaloo around that, too. They did a couple of shows about the new SAT mm. test back then. Um, and then the ACT thought they were going to be making some changes, and in the end, they didn't. Uh, make changes to their their test. And thankfully, over the course of time, Common Core uh, state standards, they were not successful in really making those two national tests become the standard for every school, um, which I see as a win, actually. And I think that shows that individuality in, in America is still alive and well, um, that that parents, school leaders still want to do what they think is best for their students. And that's good. That's a good thing. Now, we were talking too before we came on the air tonight that, you know, those were the big hotbed issues in education back in the beginning of the 2010s into the teens, right? Yes, 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 yes. What have we seen emerge 
really at a rapid pace over the last year to two years. And we've discussed this over our yeah. program in the past, but let's catch our listeners back up together yeah. what we've really focused on. Yeah, what we're seeing now, honestly, is just the inundation of critical race theory in every realm of our lives. It's not even just education uh, now. Uh, but we were starting to see this in the last four years, um, also really since the inception of the radio show. Uh, but as you pointed out in the last year, it has accelerated to a warp speed uh, where we are seeing CRT in everything from kindergarten curriculum all the way up through 12th grade. Yes. We're seeing the 1619 project. The Black Lives Matter group has put together curriculum that they are now um, then sending to schools or, or pr- providing to schools, I should say. Um, we have right here in the state of Minnesota, um, they have put forth, the Department of Education under Walls Administration has put forth a set of proposed social studies standards that completely upend the teaching of true history in the state of Minnesota. And I, we have covered this and we will continue to cover it because that story is really just getting started. Right. Um, and I would encourage our listeners to go to the Department of Education website and look up the proposed social studies standards and you'll see they're very much based in activism. And, and this is what we're seeing in education today. Unfortunately, public schools have always been, um, understood by the left to be a great playing field for training up the next generation of leaders. And they have understood it much better than conservatives have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Conservatives have continued to send their kids into the public school realm with little um, regard for what their children are being taught. Mm -hmm. And they might complain, but they continue to support it and they might try to go to their school board. But unfortunately, a lot of the um, a lot of the control has been removed from the local school boards. And so there's not much, even if they wanted to do a lot of change with the standards, it's hard to even make change at the local level anymore. So that's where the debate ends mm-hmm. for many people. Yeah. So anyway, these are topics that are extremely important. And we, this is, this is uh, the, the importance of this show and trying to alert families um, has only grown. Over, over the course of time. Absolutely. And we can't repeat enough again Abraham Lincoln's uh, quote, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And yeah. so let's go ahead and transition and talk about the show a little bit. Uh, our prior uh, name, of course, was Education Nation. We've yes. uh, had this program now for a little more than five years. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the history of the show. Yeah. So it started back in a little station in Stillwater, uh, Stillwater, Minnesota. And I think it was KLBB. Yes, it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, KLBB was a wonderful station. We had a great experience there. And and really, I never would have thought to have a radio show on, on any topic. Um, but of course, education is my realm. Uh, but I was very busy and happily running Liberty Classical Academy, the school that we had started back in 2003. Um, however, one of my, she was a brand new marketing director for us. And her name was Stephanie. And she was a part-time person, and she said, you know, Rebecca, I really think we need to get the word out about everything that you have been talking about that's happening in education. 
Um, she said, you need a platform to be able to talk about all this. And this also would provide a platform for Liberty Classical Academy to become better known because obviously we were a brand new school. We opened with 28 kids back in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so obviously even now, almost 20 years later, we still have a lot of work to do to get our name out. And so she thought this was a great way to cover both things. And um, so at first I thought, well, I don't have time to do a radio show. Right. <laughs> uh, busy running a school and, and, and like I said, happily doing that. But then um, one of our other newer staff members said, you know, I actually used to help produce a show out east mm-hmm. and I could help you. And I said, really? I cannot believe this. And so everything just basically lined up. And then her husband actually had had quite a bit of experience uh, doing uh Basically, it's actually more TV uh, hits than than radio at that point, some radio too. And she said, you know, I think he would actually help you and co-host with you and get the show started. started. So we decided, all right, well, let's try this. We'll try it for three months and mm-hmm. see how it goes. Baby steps. Baby yep. steps, exactly. <laughs> and we ended up just loving it. And we were getting great feedback from people who were listening um, because like here, it also turned into, we could develop the podcast and then place that on our website. And so people could listen to it outside of the actual time it aired. Um, so that encouraged us. So then we decided to continue on with the show. And then, as you know, um, you got introduced to my, at that time, co-host mm-hmm. through the preschool program. Yes, I did. And, um, you know, maybe you can tell that little part of the Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. So I had this conversation, this sidebar conversation after the preschool conference and just kind of put it out there that I myself as well had some on-air television and some producing experience in TV as well, Mm -hmm. and had done some radio work as well. And so it was mentioned to me then by one of your assistants that this radio program had been up and running. I think it was almost a full year. I came on in November of 2016. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was just approached asking if I would at all be interested to help with the producing of what was then known as Education Nation. And it, you know, I I thought, well, I have the experience in working in media, but I'm thinking, I don't really know anything about education. I didn't go to school for that at all. (laughs) Uh, This is going to be learning on the fly. Mm -hmm. This is going to be an education experience for me. For you too, yeah. So I went ahead and and said, yes, I would like to be a part of uh, the program. It was an opportunity to simultaneously be watching the development of my girls who Mm -hmm. attend Liberty Classical Academy, but to also be researching and studying and putting together information of what has been going on in the realm of education, not only here in the state of Minnesota, but across the entire country as well. And so I've learned a, a tremendous amount, and it has been very beneficial, and it's allowed me to have conversations with people outside of the studio and uh, just even some folks that I know who who enjoy listening and tuning in mm-hmm. will say to me, I didn't know that, Mark. I didn't know that this was what was really going on in education. Mm-hmm. This is a real surprise, you know. Yeah. So it's it's led to some good conversations with some people and also within my family. And I'm just uh, thrilled to be a part of it and really thrilled and excited for the uh, the expanded 
avenues that our listening audience will have now Mm -hmm. to be able to not only hear the information that we're talking about here on the program, Mm -hmm. but to also research for themselves. That's the important thing. You know, we're here to provide information to really kind of get the ball rolling for Mm -hmm. folks and to give them an appetite, to whet that appetite for them to go and do the research on their own as well, too, so that they can be mouthpieces in their respective communities. Exactly. That's so true. Well said, Mark. And I'm so thankful that that you, that really, I would say that God brought you along um, uh, for this wonderful ride that we've been doing together because um, it became very difficult for us to continue to produce the show content while running the school. And so that was the gift that you provided. And then shortly thereafter, um, we ended up making a change and you became my co-host as yes, well. That was a quick change. So, too, right? And quick that turnaround. was a quick turnaround. <laughs> yes, it was. Yep. And so that was while we were still in Stillwater. And then yes. about a year later or so, maybe a year and a half later, that little station shut down. And so then we ended up moving over here to the Patriot. Yes. And we have had just a great experience at the Patriot as well. We're so happy to be here. We love John and all the others in our, um, in our producing in the sound room. And, uh, so glad to have John as a part of the show, too, and Trevor. Those are the two that help us the most. And Thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been a wonderful three years. And, you know, speaking of uh, just the gifts that have come along uh, for this program, the show has garnered the respect of some of the most well-researched, well-spoken people in the Twin Cities. Share with us some of the people this would include, and how do these relationships come about? Yeah, we have amazing people. Um, the first person who comes to mind is Catherine Kirsten. She's on our show a lot. And, um, regular contributor she for is, sure. Yes, she is very regular, and uh, she works for the Center of the American Center of the American Experiment, and that's actually how I met her. How I came in contact with her, I knew about the center a long time ago, and um, I kind of watched it from the periphery. But then after the school got started, um, I ended up starting to get a little bit more involved in going to some of their speakers and what have you, and so connected with a lot of our guests through the Center of the American experiment honestly Catherine Kirsten is one Kim Crockett she no longer works there but she's another one we connected with we've had her on a lot to talk about unions and the opt-out period and um, we also got connected to Rebecca Friedrichs who um, also we talk a lot about unions with and uh, Janice who was the Supreme Court win uh, Rebecca had that first case that against the California went, Teachers yep, Association that went yes. all the way to the Supreme Court basically saying that teachers who don't want to participate in the union shouldn't have to pay the dues mm-hmm. and the union was arguing that they're doing collective bargaining for everyone whether they're a union member or not and therefore they received a benefit therefore they should have to pay a part of the dues mm-hmm. and uh, her argument was but if we don't agree with how the union is spending that money or right. even how they're recommending you know politically anything they, first they, amendment they, issues first, yes exactly thank you for summarizing that in one statement <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was a problem and so they won their case or no they, they actually had a hung court because it was right after Justice Scalia died, and then they had uh, Mark Janus take a similar case, but not not teachers union, but a different union, all the way to the Supreme Court, and they won. And so, yeah, we've had David Han. He is a former senator here in the state of Minnesota who knows so much about education. Who was a part of the Education Committee in the Minnesota Senate. Yes, he was, and he was there a long time, and he helped... 
uh, talk about the history of progressivism. Mm -hmm. And really, that is the foundation of what we see in the schools today. It started really back at the turn of the century. Yes. It's been a slow march in that direction. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Eric Lucero, Roger Chamberlain, he's another one, great school choice advocate. Mm -hmm. We have him on quite a bit to talk about that. Um, COVID. So these are all relationships that I've developed over the course of time. And then yes. obviously we continue to develop through the show. And it's so important because, you know, we can provide research and then relay that information to our listeners. But when you have people that are in the fight, yes, that are on the front lines, that they hear what is being proposed and discussed behind the closed doors when the microphones are shut off, this is invaluable yeah. to have them on the air with us to give all of us a firsthand experience. Here's where we're at, folks. This is where things are going. We need mm -hmm. to let you know this. Yep. So. Yep. It's so true. So here we are. Our listeners are now familiar with the disturbing developments in the realm of edu American education, as we discussed at the top of the program. And to help our listeners understand the why behind the creation of Education America, what is the mission statement behind Education mm -hmm. America? Education America exists to alert individuals to the lack of academic depth, politically motivated policies and curriculum, and the intentional undermining of our nation's founding so that an informed citizenry can bring about the change we need in American education. Yes, yes. So we will continue to highlight these issues that have led education to go in this very disturbing direction, but we also aim to provide solutions mm -hmm. to those problems. Mm -hmm. And I think our, our listening audience will certainly find that very, very informative. Right. You've been mentioning throughout the whole half an hour here that you're passionate about every child receiving an excellent education. We're in an era where quick sound bites that are void of context and emotionally charged language is being used to address the education inequalities that are plaguing our country. So how do you see Education America addressing the complete context of what is contributing to these inequalities that we see in America's classrooms? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I do believe so heart wholeheartedly in every child having an equal opportunity for an excellent education. And right now, that's not happening. We know in the state of Minnesota, the achievement gap is horrendously large. Um, and so my passion is to be able to expose what's causing that, what's at the core of that, mm -hmm. and what the solutions really are. And the reason why this this show is just so outstanding at helping provide information for our parents is because we go deep. Mm -hmm. um, this is long-form format. This isn't sound bites. We have guests who are usually very knowledgeable about the topic that they are talking about. Mm -hmm. And they go deep, and we go deep together. And so the, the context of the conversation is much broader than what you'd typically see in most shows. Mm -hmm. And also, like you just mentioned, we want to provide solutions. So we actually spend quite a bit of time on our show bringing teachers in from Liberty Classical Academy and talking about how classical education works in that realm. We talk a lot yes. about school choice. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about um, things that work and need to be maintained or, or added to education. So those are really the two elements that, that provide that depth um, mm -hmm. and that really do address the inequalities that we see in education. Okay. Well, we have about a minute and 45 or so here to wrap up. We'll, we'll just take the last few moments. We've already kind of discussed a little bit in introducing ourselves to our audience and what uh, brought us here together here on Education America. Well, over the next several weeks, we're going to continue to introduce Education America to our listening audience. And I have several questions for our audience. Are you frustrated? Are you angry where things are going? Are you tired of merely talking about 
about the problems that we see and are personally experiencing in the realm of education. Well, now is the time to develop solutions. And next week, we will be talking more about classical education as a solution. So we certainly invite you to join us next week and every week beyond. But let's be sure to kind of wrap up just discussing a little bit the promotion of our new website. This Mm -hmm. is a resource that's going to really help our listeners to engage and to be informed and to become involved. Uh, Again, that website is education-america.org, and we will have a vast archive of our past shows that you can listen to and, again, arming yourself with these resources and sharing with everyone you know. And from what I understand, too, aren't there going to be uh, lists of different... uh, Books or reading materials Mm -hmm. that people can go to? Covering various topics from culture um, to school choice um, to education in general. Uh, So, yes. So you can go check that out even tonight if you want to. So, uh, again, education-america.org. All right. Well, that is all the time that we have for this installment of Education America. Again, it's been great to uh, be joined by Headmaster of Liberty Classical Academy and uh, the main host of this radio program, Rebecca Hagstrom. Again, it's always a pleasure. I'd like to mention that we have an open house coming up for Liberty Classical Academy on April 22nd from 830 to 930 in the morning. You can learn more details by going to our website, libertyclassicalacademy.org. Hope you can join us. All right. Well, that's all we have for tonight. We will be inviting you again to join us next Saturday right here on Education America here on AM 1280 The Patriot. We will uh, uh, anticipate your tuning in next Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Thanks, everyone. 